Jesus didn't call us to to be sideline Christians. He called us to participate. And when we read the New Testament, the idea of Christianity, there's the the go ye into the world and teach the gospel phrases. There's the the as each one of you has opportunity, let him do good. There's the true and undefiled religion is the visiting of the widows and the orphans and their afflictions and the keeping themselves unspotted from the world. It's all about doing and being active. Hey guys, welcome to All Things True. I'm your host, Cody B. Today, we have a very special guest with us, George Hewlett from the Downtown Church of Christ in, in Moralton, Arkansas. George has been a minister for, a full-time minister since uh, 1998, so almost 22, 23 years now. Um, today, we're continuing our series on church. And, and last time we had Rod here, and we, we talked about, you know, do I need the church? And we addressed the question as far as does the individual Christian need the church and we came to the conclusion that yes you do (laughs) right (laughs) you do need the church and that it is required for and necessary for proper christian growth and today george is here we're going to ask the question address the question well if i need the church how do i get involved with the church so george how do i get involved with the church well, I think it starts off with uh, two basic ideas. First, uh, the idea of what is the church. And I think you did a really good job in your podcast, What is the Church? Well, and so, so I won't re-beat that horse, or I won't, I won't start over again with that. But the idea that the church is the body when we come together, and that we are the church. You are the church, I'm the church, and, and most of the people listening are probably the church. And so it starts there, and then it starts also with the idea of, what do we mean by how do we get involved? Do we mean how do we participate in the church or do we mean how do we have a position in the church? And oftentimes that seems to be the main question rather than how do I participate is how do I get a position or something like that when we're talking about involvement. Uh, I think involvement starts at home. I think involvement starts with, uh, with the very basics of reading our Bibles. Uh, the the Bible's very clear. Paul writes to the church at Rome, faith comes from hearing and hearing from the Word of God. And so if we're reading our Bibles at home, our faith is going to grow. As our faith grows, as we pray to God and speak to God day by day and we grow in our spiritual walk, our participation in the church becomes more because we are the church. And so we become more active automatically just because of who we are and the lives we live. You said a lot of people are looking for a position. Well, what do you mean by position? Like just a spot, a, a leadership role? What, what do you mean? Well, oftentimes we look at the idea of participation or being active in a church, being a part of a, of a church as maybe the one that leads singing or the one that leads a prayer or the one that teaches a Bible class or the one that's recognized for this, that, or the other thing. But if we look at the Old Testament models of God's people, the, he had priests that did those things. The priests were responsible for the leading of the singing. The priests were responsible for the sacrifices. The priests were responsible for everything. In the New Testament, we're told that we as individuals are priests of God. And so we can, through our sacrifice of praise to God, offer those gifts up ourselves. We don't have to have someone else do it. But we often look and see others in those 
for lack of a better term, positions, and we think, hey, I wish I could be more, maybe, maybe not necessarily wanting to be seen, but wanting to be more active participant and, and not realize how active we really are. Does, let me see if I can phrase this question properly. Um, those positions, the, the, the leading the prayers, the serving communion, the leading the singing, that we often see as leadership roles in a congregation or, or in, an, in, an, in an assembly, how much of that, percentage-wise, actually makes up what the church does? That's a good question. It's actually a very small percentage. It's, those roles generally only take place during the worship service, but the church is the church because it's the people all the time. And uh, one of the greatest ways that I've seen involvement and people being involved is being involved in the behind-the-scenes things and the and the day-to-day things, little things like uh, sending cards on birthdays or anniversaries, or maybe uh, participating in a wedding shower or helping to plan a wedding shower, or a real simple thing that that I started doing when we first moved to Moralton is I'm the one that picks up the trash after we have our fellowship meals. I drag the trash can around, and I pick up all the paper products and things like that. It's not a big deal, but it's something that I'm involved in. And uh, between Jack Stoball, who's one of our members there, who also does that, between Jack and I, sometimes we have a little friendly camaraderie about who can pick up the most trash. Uh, that's part of being involved. And, and it's not a position. The positions are the... Uh, Sometimes those positions are perceived as positions of leadership, but really they're, if they're properly perceived as a position of servanthood, you don't have a whole lot of people fighting to be servants sometimes. No, and that's it. It's, it goes back to what Jesus said of, you know, you, you have to become like the little child. You have to humble yourself. You have to have the heart of a servant. You know, Jesus got on his knees and he washed the hand of his, his disciples and Jesus said, do this for each other in the gospel of John. No, we, we look at and, and we have idolized the people in front of the assemblies. Um, but that's not what Christians, not what all Christians are called, but all Christians are called to serve in some way, whether it's in front of everyone or, or whether it's small. Oh, yeah. Jesus didn't establish a kingdom that's meant for people to just sit on pews. We're, we're meant to be in, involved, and, and not necessarily just in the worship service, but like you said, in, in, in the fellowships, and in the, in the picking up of, of, of trash, in regular daily needs and jobs that the church has. Well, I think one of the things that, that we forget sometimes is that we as individual Christians, when we come together in a worship service, we get to offer the fruit of our lips as praise to God. The Hebrew writer says that that's something that we should offer up the sacrifice of praise to God, the fruit of our lips singing praise. Well, not everybody in the world gets to do it. We are publicly involved in the worship of God when we sing. It's the most simple and basic thing, but but some people think, well, they're not a part of the church or they're not involved because they're not doing some great thing. 
And yet there is no greater thing than praising God. That job used to be reserved for for the priests and the special musicians who had been trained for it, and the, the common person wasn't even allowed to participate. That's right. And yet we're allowed to participate every single week. Each week we're allowed to partake of the of the body and the and the blood of Christ and to remember this sacrifice that was made for our sins. And each week we are participants in this communion, not with God only, but with each other. And we have this tremendous, we are a part of something bigger and better than we ever could imagine. And and so the idea of the idea comes back to again, how do I get more involved? It comes back to bringing my faith to it and, and allowing myself to to lose myself in the in the worship of my God. I want to ask you this, and this may sound like a loaded question, um, and it might be a little bit. Can you be involved with the church and not be at worship? A lot of things we said this morning was, so far this morning, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about the magicians, we're talking about the singing, we're talking about the fruit of our lips as a congregation, praising God together as as a body, as an assembly. You know, you, you've, or you've talked about being with Jack Stowball at your Wednesday night fellowship meals and helping with, with cleaning up, and, and we've talked about the little task, but if you're not there, can you be involved? Well, since the church is not simply when we come together, it is a little bit of a loaded question. <laughs> uh, but we can't have church without community. We can't have church without coming together. When, when Jesus established his church, he didn't establish his group of individuals who met separately from one another. In fact, the example we have is that they came together often. They met house to house on a daily basis. They met in the temple on Sundays or first day of the week and, and uh, maybe on Saturday nights sometimes. They met together at the synagogues. They met together and that was the, the coming together. This Greek word ekklesia, church, literally means a coming together. So, so I'm not sure that you can have or be really involved with Christ and say, I don't want to be part of his body. And, uh, and I've heard people through the years say, well, I can be just as good a Christian out of church as you can be in church. And it's simply they don't understand the idea. You can't be as much a part of the body when you've been amputated from the body as you can be when you're still attached. If that makes sense. Oh, it, it makes sense to me. I mean, it, it, yeah, it makes sense to me. I mean, it, it sounds as if the first step to, if, you want, if you're a Christian and you haven't been involved with church and you want to be involved with church, the first step is attend worship service. <laughs> well, and Bible class. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, oftentimes the people who come to me that are most concerned about feeling like they're not a part of the church, and, and it happens. It's, you, you shouldn't feel alone if you think that way because there are many who feel that way. Uh, oftentimes, they're the same ones that don't attend Bible class. They attend maybe on Sunday morning uh, and maybe even occasionally on Sunday morning instead of every single time. Or maybe even they no longer attend and they feel like they're not a part of something. Well, they're literally not. They're, they're not there. You can't be a part of something when you're not there. It, it would be like saying, I'm a Razorback fan, but I never listen to the games. I, I, I never read about it in the paper. I, I, I've never been to a game. I, I wouldn't recognize a Razorback if, if you know. Uh, uh, you're, you're not a part. You can say it all you want to, 
Well, yeah. When I was in college, I used to tell people, I'm, I'm a huge Steelers fan. I'm a huge Steelers fan. Because when I was in high school, I watched the Steelers, but that's because of Jerome Bettis. Right. Well, I was a sophomore in college, and Tyler Bishop asked me, he said, hey, you're a Steelers fan. Who's y'all's new coach? And I said, I have no idea. And Tyler said, are you sure you're a huge Steelers fan? And I realized I was never a Steelers fan. I was a Jerome Bettis fan because I quit watching once he, re- once he retired. No, I wasn't a Steelers fan, and, and you can't be in the church and a part of it. You can't be a part of the a body of Christ and, and and a part of it. You can't be a Razorback fan and never listen and never watch the games, never yeah. keep up with what's going on. Well, you know, I think there are a lot of people in the world that are Jesus fans. You mm. brought that up that way. They... They, they like the teachings of Jesus. They like the idea of loving your neighbor. They like the idea of, of loving one another. They like this idea of forgiveness and acceptance and all of these things that they think Jesus stands for. But you can't be a, you can't be a Jesus fan, be a part of Jesus, if you're not part of his body. Mm. I mean, that's what he, he says. You're my body. And, and, and the church is the body of Christ. And, and, and again... You can't hardly be a part of the body if you're, you know, you can't say, I love Jesus, but I don't want to have anything to do with his people. I love Jesus, but I don't want to have anything to do with his incarnation, if you would, of the church on earth. I, I, I want to be separate from him. And, and I don't understand how people could even imagine that they could do that. And I understand there are people that can't come. There are people that can't participate. Uh, I've got a friend. Well, actually, I've got a friend. There are a couple. And they're both deaf. They're, they can't hear anything. When they talk, it's very hard to understand them because they've never heard what voices ought to sound like and what language ought to sound like. And they used to attend on a regular basis to worship service. They couldn't sing. They could read the words and, and make noise, but they could not sing like other people could sing. But they did. They participated to the best of their ability. I've got another friend who, who can't hear at all like them, who could not hear to sing, and so she would not sing because she didn't want to disrupt the services. They both made their choices. They each made their choices in their own ways. Uh, but they were able to participate. And, and I think that's a part of it, is the, the participation is so much a part, because Jesus didn't call us to, to be sideline Christians. He called us to participate. And when we read the New Testament, the idea of Christianity, there's the, the go ye into the world and teach the gospel phrases. There's the, the as each one of you has opportunity, let him do good. There's the true and undefiled religion is the visiting of the widows and the orphans and their afflictions and the keeping themselves unspotted from the world. It's all about doing and being active. And so I don't think you can, I don't think you can be a, a Christian without being a part of the church because the Lord added to the church those who are being saved. So so you, if you're saved, you're in the church. And I don't think you can really be a Christian apart from the church. I think you have to have that. And, and that means doing and being. Can I ask you a question that's a little bit off topic? Sure. You know, you, you mentioned they, they want... They want Jesus without the church. I, I thought of the phrase, you know, they want the Savior without the saved. Um, and and you went into and it, well and it made me think that there are a lot of Christians and, and maybe this is just true in all society but for the church there are a lot of Christians who just 
a lot who just seem like they just don't want to be involved on a personal, intimate, active level. And, and for those of y'all who don't know, George is much older than me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. When did, so that's why I'm asking, when did that start? Has it always been the case? I. That's a good question. Um, I've known people my whole life that were very involved in the church and very committed and others that weren't as committed. So I, I'm not, I don't know that that's a new thing. Uh, I think as we grow, that our commitment becomes greater, our involvement becomes greater, simply because we grow and we realize if, if we truly believe that Jesus is the Savior of mankind, if we truly believe that those who don't have Jesus don't have hope, if we truly believe that there's a heaven waiting at the end of this world for those who are faithful and a hell for those who are not, then it's going to affect the way we live our lives on a daily basis. And it's going to affect the way that we participate in our lives. Uh, you, you said that about people that, you know, not as committed or whatever, or, or asked that. You know, there are a lot of people that, uh, that they're just not as committed to anything in their lives. I mean, there are Razorback fans that they're big fans of Razorback baseball when the Razorbacks are in the World Series, but they couldn't tell you when a game is being played outside of that. They, they don't care. It doesn't, they're not personally involved. The, and, and that's the thing is if we truly believe, then we're personally involved. And, and that's, a, that's a difference. And, and again, that faith comes from hearing God's Word. And we're better to hear God's Word than to come somewhere like uh, like to church here and to hear Cody stand up on Sunday morning and preach the Word of God because he's going to teach faithfully and truthfully. I know Cody, I've known him for many, many years, and I know you would do that. And so we're better to hear the Word of God than that. And then open your Bible and look and see if the things he's teaching you are true, as the Bereans did. And and commitment will come from that because as our faith grows so must our commitment you know you mentioned it and i thought of a verse while you were talking um it comes from jesus sermon on the mount it's concerning treasure and in well Jesus makes the statement, you know, where your where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You know, when you're when you treasure Jesus, you'll be active with his people. Well, you will. That's just a part of it. So is inactivity from a Christian a sign of lack of faith? It can be. It can be. There 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 may be other reasons for it. We don't we don't always know what's going on in someone's life. It, it's very possible that someone could have maybe a health issue or or some other issue that's going on in their life that's demanding so much of their time and so much of their effort that they don't find time for God. But right. it's, but it's kind of been my experience that if we find time for God in those times, the the problem kind of is less much of a problem maybe uh maybe maybe the old thing is if we can get the god thing straight everything else falls into place well and, and a lot of those problems that that might keep someone from the church if they were reach out to the church for help they would get a lot of help solving some of those problems i had a lady call me one time she was very upset her daughter 
had had a child and I wasn't there when the baby was born. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'm I've I've often been the first person other than the mom or the nurse to hold a baby because I, I generally show up. I'm, I'm that's my that's my nature as a person. And uh, this particular lady was very upset because I didn't show up when her daughter had a baby. And I said, well, I said, if you read your bulletin, you would realize I was in the hospital during the time when your daughter was having a baby. I was having surgery. (laughs) And so I wasn't there. (laughs) But her feelings were greatly hurt because there was nobody there. She didn't tell anyone her daughter was having a baby. She kept it a secret. And her feelings were hurt because nobody knew about something that she didn't tell him about. And, and I think sometimes that part of being active, part of being involved in church, is trusting other people enough to say, hey, you know what, Cody, I trust you that you'll pray for me if I ask you to pray for me. And so let me share with you what's going on in my life. I've got financial difficulties. I've got hardships. I've got problems raising my children. I've got problems with my marriage. I've got whatever problems are going on in my life. I trust you to keep that between us and to take it to God. And and that again, that involvement there allows me to put my faith in God that God can handle it. And uh, I don't know. I, no, it's it's part of scripture. Probably command is you know confessing your sins, confessing your problems, bear one another's burdens. I did a series, you know, this last well back in June, um, where we looked at uh, the role of a leadership of a church, the the elders, the deacons, the 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 preacher, and and the role of the congregation, and and what the relationship looked at. We looked at uh, Acts chapter fifteen with the Jerusalem Council. We talked about uh, the issues that were coming up there and how they communicated with the elders. The elders communicated with each other. They talked about the situation. They presented a solution to the church. They talked about it with the church. But how communication is key to, to a functioning absolutely church uh, for, for an involved church. Um, no. Elders, preachers, ministers, deacons. George, we can't read minds. No, we can't. No, we can't. You know, you, you said that about Galatians and, and the bearing each other's burdens. One of my favorite sermons that I've ever preached is called Three Little Bears, and it's from Galatians 6. It says uh, we ought to bear one another's burdens, and then later it says we ought to each one bear our own burdens. And then finally Paul concludes the letter with I bear in my body the marks of Christ. And so I get my three little bears from there. Uh, bearing in our body the marks of Christ just simply means living as Jesus did. And the main thing I see when I see Jesus living is his compassion. He came down to earth to live as us, and he had compassion on us because he realized how much weaker we were than he was. Uh, the bearing our own burdens, we have responsibility for ourselves. There's no doubt about that. And the bearing the burdens of each other, I can't bear your burdens if you don't let me know what they are. Mm-hmm. I can't help you if I... Now, and, and you may say, well, George, you should see. Well, sometimes I can see. And sometimes I'll come up to you and I'll put my arm around you and say, hey, what's going on, man? You don't look like things are okay and, and I can help you a little bit. But if you don't open up, I can't know because I can't know your heart. I can think I do, but we very rarely really truly know each other's hearts. Well, and, and no offense, George, you're, you're a mortal man. I am. You, you preach at a congregation of 140 people that attend their Sunday mornings right now? Something like that, yeah. Um, you, you can't see all the troubles of all 140 people. No, you can't. 
but sometimes, uh, sometimes as you're preaching, you can see the tears of someone. And sometimes I've been where someone else was preaching and I would see someone react in a way and, and notice them and recognize that they had pain in their life and be able to talk to them. But there are others who sometimes they come in, maybe they sit in a different part of the auditorium. Maybe you just don't notice them that day or maybe they're really good at putting on a happy face when they come to church and you just don't know the pain that's going on in their life. I've, I've had couples that came to me for counseling with marriage problems and I was able to help. And I've had other couples that the first I heard about it was when they were near divorce because they put on a happy face in public for so long. Nobody could, nobody could have helped them because nobody knew they had an issue. Mm. But it goes back to, in order to help them, they need to be there. <laughs> well, it, 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 be active, it does it? come back to this idea of, it starts with this idea of, when I start praying, when I start reading, when my faith starts getting stronger, I cannot help but express it. Mm. And when I show up at the worship service and I'm expressing my faith in song and praise to God, when I'm actively involved in the prayers, you know, I said earlier about sending out cards to those that are having birthdays or anniversaries or something like it. Mm -hmm. It's such a small thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is. It's such a small thing, but it's such a big thing for some people. Some yeah. of our some of our folks they may not get three cards a year, right? And they get a birthday card from you. Uh, take your church directory and look at the pictures in there of the people that you don't know the names of. And you might find out, if, if you're like most church directories, they haven't been updated in the last two or three years probably, but if you're like most church directories, you look and, and there's children's pictures there and, and those children may or may not still be attending. And, and why not ask them, hey, how about your daughter? Well, you know, she moved off and she's whatever. And, and, and people care about that and they see that you care about that. And the result is you are more involved in church whether you meant to be or not your heart is what the involvement is it's not your actions that god is calling for it's our hearts and, and we ought to give our hearts to each other i i love my church family i i absolutely love my church family and and just like my physical family there's some in there i'd rather strangle sometimes but uh, most <laughs> most of them <laughs> Most of them encourage me and I get to encourage them and we get to live together and, and, and we might as well enjoy it because hopefully we're going to spend eternity together. That's exactly right. No, you, you keep mentioning cards. We have a couple here. They're much, much older. Much older than George. You know, George is much older than me. They're much older than George. Um, they're, because because of COVID, they're, they're staying in. Um because of, of health conditions, because of their age and other things. Because of their age, they, they can't hear very well. Um, because of their age, they don't, in COVID, they don't like visitors. And so the only way we've been able to reach out to them is through cards. And we'll send them a card and they'll send a card back. We'll send them a card and they'll send a, <laughs> they'll send a card back. Uh, and because the only thing they get in the mail is, is bills. Yeah. Um, and humans are not meant to be in that type of isolation and Christians aren't meant to be isolated like that uh, no Christians are meant to be together and meant to be active in each other's life well one of the things and, and we mentioned it a little bit earlier 
and you've mentioned it several times, God adds us to the church when we're, when we're born again. When we become His children, He adds us to His church. He doesn't say, go out and join a church. Mm. God doesn't say, hey, you need this community, so you should, and it would be good, and it would be great if you could find a church family where you're comfortable. No, rather, God recognizes that we have such a great need for this community that when we're baptized into Christ, He adds us to His church immediately. There's no, hey, this might be something you need. It's, there's no, this would be a good idea. There's a, this is essential for you. You need this community. And, and we can't have community by ourselves. Uh, I'm reminded when I was a young boy growing up at the Holden Avenue Church in Newport, we actually had a, a policy there about communion, on Sunday evening communion. Uh, just in case there was only one person that came in to take communion, if you were one of the ones that was serving communion that night, you took communion with them. And oftentimes we had one deacon that believed that you weren't supposed to take communion twice a day. He kind of had a weird belief there, but he, he would tell you you couldn't take communion that morning because you had to commune that night with whoever it was that was taking communion because by definition you can't commune alone. And the very idea that we're supposed to commune with God and spend time with God and have that communion, that, that not just the Lord's Supper idea. I mean, the Lord's Supper right. is a part of this, but there's much more to it than just partaking of the emblems. It's the coming into contact with God and, and, and the memorial of the sacrifice of His Son. And, and you can't do that by yourself. You, you, by definition, it requires other Christians. It requires others, and so uh, so that's a great part of it. And learn that very young. That concludes this episode of All Things True. If you have any questions, you can email them to perryvillecoc at gmail.com. That is perryvillecoc at gmail.com. Make sure to follow and share this episode with your friends. And remember, all those who had believed were together and had all things in common.